0: Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm thrilled that you are going to be joining us today. Our conversation is going to be about music and self-care, and what a beautiful match that is. But before I introduce our guest, I always like to do a few shout-outs. And first, I want to shout out to the clarion. Um, the the uh, Gosh, here I go. I have a migraine. I'll let you know that, so I might be a little jumbled today. <laughs> To the Mark Arneson band who wrote the beautiful song, uh, Clarion Call. And if you like that, you can go ahead and download that on any of your music platforms that you would that you would like. Um, also, for those of you that are new, Alzheimer Speaks is about um, sound information, not just sound bites. Our goal is really to raise all voices, big and small, from those diagnosed to those who care and serve for them, advocates and and so many others. We are live today, so you can go ahead and call in with any questions if you'd like uh, or comments at 323 That's 323 And let's see, I want to shout out to uh, the, the Brain Donor Project. This is something uh, new that I just learned about hot off my uh, my email, and they are looking for brains to donate. And what I love about this project is there's no fee, from what I'm seeing here. And a lot of times, you know, it costs uh, costs you know nine hundred to over a thousand dollars to get your brain uh, autopsied and, and diagnosed. So this will help in terms of you know pushing uh, dementia research forward but you don't have to have dementia they they need um, brains that aren't affected as well so anybody's brain is welcome so just check out the brain donor project to get more information on that um, i'm hoping that they will list themselves in the dementia map which is our global resource directory that we launched uh, so people can find them that way a couple of um wonderful resources on that i will just mention is the memory cafe directory where i just saw a notice there are up to um 149 um cafes i believe that are doing virtual and there are many that are starting to come back online or uh, meeting back in person now as well so lots of different options there i believe there's like a thousand of them listed um around the country <clears throat> And then Coral Health is still allowing people to download their uh, two music apps, Music First and Coral Faith. So you can go to Coral Faith uh, or Coral Health at C-O-R-O Health um, dot com for more information. Uh, also, let's see, Artist uh, Senior Living does wonderful um, free educational um programs uh, which I have the honor to be speaking at one of them in August that'll be August 10th it's a Tuesday from 6 30 to 7 30 eastern time anybody is welcome it's online and you can just go to the artistaway.com care and they typically have one every single month my topic is going to be on conscious compassionate care for care partners because we don't tend to care for ourselves uh, as well as we probably should um, in many moments. And then um, November 2nd, Together for Dementia is an international conference that's going to be taking place. It's um, through the research um, charity Brace, which is a dementia research, resource uh, group. And you can find more information about actually both of those programs at com. So we're going to hear from the foot bar walker, and we will be right back with our guest.
1: Introducing the life-changing foot bar walker.
0: I'm Peggy from Danville, Kentucky, and I'm 91 years old. The foot bar walker revolutionized my care of George. The saving that I made from having to put him in a nursing home came to about $192,000.
1: TheFootBarWalker.com. Peggy, would you recommend The Footbar
0: Walker? Do I ever. I would not be in the health that I'm in today at this age had it not been for The Footbar Walker. Well, we're back, and I get to introduce you to Bill Protzman. His mission is to raise awareness of the power of music as self-care. Um, he is the world's leading expert on the power of music for physical, mental, emotional, and, and spiritual health. And he holds a magnum cum laude degree in piano performance and creative writing. And he has been successful as an entrepreneur for um, over 30 years. In 2011, Bill launched Music Care, Inc. And that was for the purpose of um, cooperation to teach um, and advocate for practical ways that music can be used for self-care. I think this is just a, a brilliant, brilliant idea. In 2014, he was actually recognized by the National Council for Behavioral Health with an award of excellence, which is actually like the equivalent of winning an Oscar. So, I'm just thrilled to have Bill with us. So, Bill, welcome to the show. I am I'm so glad that you're able to take this time with us today.
1: Oh, thank you, Laurie, and um, thank you for being courageous and bravely showing up in spite of you know all the (laughs) the physical issues. I know what headache is like, and it's just, oh, my gosh, right? Caregivers, if you've ever had a headache, just slows you down, doesn't it?
0: Yep, it sure does. It sure does. Now, one of the questions I ask every guest before I kind of dive into the specifics of of their topic is Have you personally been touched by dementia, excuse me, in your own family or circle of friends?
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. We all, I think, are going to be touched by something like that at some point and um, I was fortunate both my parents were lucid all the way but my mother's parents were not and um, it was tough to watch I was a teenager it was tough to watch that situation and wonder you know what what is happening here you know, you don't know right you've never had experience with someone who's you know it experiencing memory issues or experiencing you know, sort of losing their abilities that way it's, it can be really bizarre for the first time And, of course, later on in life, um, I have a dear veteran friend who lost his wife to dementia and Alzheimer's. And watching that process, I mean, it's nothing like the notebook, people. (laughs) It's it's much more real and and visceral and poignant than that. So, yes, absolutely.
0: Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that. It's always interesting to hear people's stories and stuff. Let's get right to it. Why don't you tell us, um, what is music care?
1: So, music care is this... This crazy notion, I guess, that in between music as entertainment, which we all love, and music therapy, which is the clinical use of music in a therapeutic relationship with a credentialed board-certified therapist to achieve some sort of psychological or emotional goal, there's this wide-open space. And um, in that space, you've got preachers preaching and and worship and uh, people who use music to exercise and people who use music to relax and just this whole unlimited potential for how music can be more of a tool versus just a background sound and uh, so much awareness in that area over the last 20 years obviously I mentioned exercise and worship and relaxation but it goes so far beyond that and I get to play in that space and help people come to a more skillful appreciation of how they can really use the music they love for all kinds of reasons for physical reasons of course we all know about music and healing um, for mental reasons helping to focus that's a big thing and binaural beats are big in that place and As well as in the emotional world of helping to regulate understand and regulate emotion and use emotion well And then the great, you know unmeasurable thing that we call spirituality uh, everything that science can't measure falls into that category how music connects us, you know and and brings us to a place of, of full awareness and feel, helping to, us to feel grounded and all those wonderful esoteric things that are very much a part of sound and rhythm for us. So that's that's music here in that space.
0: Well, that was a nice, easy way to explain it. I, I know when I think of music, I always think of, of this calmness and this peacefulness. Um, even if it gets me riled up and I'm in a good mood and, you know, the beat's really strong, I'm still kind of in that zone of of comfort. Um, and And yet I know that there are some songs that can also trigger a sadness with me, Um, maybe for a loss of a relationship or, you know, music is just so, so powerful. And yet it's so subtle that I think we forget its power because it's in our life every day. But we don't, I I think most of us don't, um, really think about why it's in our life or why we really enjoy it, what it does to us in our, in our physiology as a whole Do you see? Do you you feel that people kind of take music for granted at all?
1: You know, I I don't think it's as much as taking it for granted Mm -hmm. as sort of not remembering its power. Uh, You you were right to make that observation, Lori, because it's all around us, and it actually is sustaining us in ways that we don't even understand, and for a lot of part, um, don't even notice. But there it is, you know, doing its wonderful thing for us, and our, at least in the West, our understanding of music is more or less clinically driven we want to see how music you know intervenes with things from uh, the folks on the far outside of using music to kill um, microbe organisms that cause cancer to uh, music therapists who are using music in an actual therapeutic relationship to accomplish some psychological goal uh, and the science of course is fascinating on this the functional mris that they're able to do that are stimulated by music and music is used to deliver modalities like uh, uh, rearranging the neurons in your head it's it's fascinating what you can do with sound and rhythm and so there, there is this awareness but I think the, the lay person's awareness you know like how are we who are caregivers uh, going to use music more skillfully that's that's really the area where there's so much opportunity right now everybody wants you know better than they have and that better could be mental emotional physical or spiritual and so let's let's feed that you know and and see where we can go with it
0: Well, i like I like that answer um, I, and I think you're right everybody does want more <laughs> and, and a lot of times we don't even know what that more um, is you know as a whole um, why do you think music care is such a vital part and so important for self-care especially in the world we're living in today
1: Wow there's a lot of insight in that question you know I <laughs> I'll answer that by quoting you because when you were introducing us, you you said something that's really profound, which is we don't care for ourselves as well as we probably should. And I I agree so much, Laurie, because we're not neglectful people. I mean, we we exercise, we work out, we eat right, we do all these things. But the fact that sound is so available right now, the music is so available, um, ought to mean that we have at our fingertips something some aspect of self-care that we haven't yet explored. And the reason that music is so wonderful for that is because of its holistic nature. It doesn't just work on one thing. It works on the whole of us. And to be able to embrace that, wow, do we need that in the world right now? And, and you know, it's a rhetorical question. But in so many ways, what we're seeing in the world right now, at least in, in the music industry, for example, is this wonderful influence of new sound and rhythm that's that's never been heard in a, in the way that it's being heard now. And the pioneers there are actually offering this as actual self-care and talking about it in that way. I mean, you hear Lizzo talk about that, what Billie Eilish is doing with her music is just transformational, and, and Jacob Collier is offering us ways to to get into music more fully than we have perhaps been offered those ways in the past. And, and, you know, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with pop music. I love pop music. Concerts are amazing. But this music is more contemplative and more about being present and allowing sound and rhythm and sometimes lyrics to become a part of who we are and, and leading us deeper in that way. So it's a fascinating time to be to be in this work right now.
0: Oh, I agree. And I think, you know, just with the artists that you name too, you know, they're allowed um, I mean, music can give voice Or, you know, it can be instrumental And it, you said, you know, it has the beat It's got the rhythm, all of those things But the lyrics With so much of this is so It's allowing people to express Their, their true thoughts The good, the bad, yes. and the ugly That are delivered to us um, in, in life um, without Without shame Just acknowledging that these things exist and I think, kind of like you know, with dementia, you know, there's so much isolation. And you know, when I started Alzheimer Speaks, you know, my goal was to raise voices, you know, all around the world, and to be inclusive. And when you do that, it takes the 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 scariness and the aloneness away. And I think what yes. you're bringing to people is the same thing. You're saying there's so much comfort that can be delivered in this realm if you just tap into it and um, and it's readily available and there's there's different ways to be able to do that i mean nothing is nothing in this world is black and white i mean that's you know how people become entrepreneurs and and deliver different um, services products and tools but you know this is a a big um, treasure chest out there you know and i think people need to open it fully to see See exactly what is inside, um, and and how this can how this can help you on multiple levels in your life, and um, sure. so I'm, I'm so I'm really excited, um, you know, with what you have. What kind of person do you think is is best suited to learn and use music here?
1: You know, this is a fantastic question. There are people who get it who are very young and people who get it who are old you know uh, the age difference doesn't seem to matter but the mindset to use kind of a catchy phrase tends to be one of someone who understands that there is a, a purpose for practice whether you're practicing yoga or meditation or prayer or an instrument or whatever you have that understanding that the more effort that you put in on a consistent basis the closer you are to being able to run the marathon for example or or whatever the goal happens to be. So there's an investment in your own self that's more than a Band-Aid, right? You can put it, cover the wound, or you can actually get behind it. And the invitation I think that we have, Laurie, is more than what kind of person, it comes down to a question of how deeply are we going to feel? And that's a big question. Like I was taught, so guys mostly are, to stuff your feelings. And that, as we know from psychological research, can be really detrimental. And if you've done a lifetime of that, you wind up at the end of your life with all of that still bottled up inside you. But the opportunity, the invitation is to be able to connect on those things, to be able to share. I mean, we love to share our joy, but joy is only, uh, you know, 25% of what's available in the broad sense of the word. There's also anger and fear and sadness. And if you've ever spoken with a combat veteran or with a caregiver who's been there at the bedside of so many people who have passed away, like my daughter who's a chaplain, um, you start to get this sense that we are connected in our grief, that we are connected in our anger, that we are connected in our fear, and also, of course, we are connected in our joy, and that if we were able to do a better job on the three feelings that we don't like, uh, we might find ourselves in a more unified or connected or um, inclusive way of being in the world versus being so lonely and so isolated and um, and thinking that it's a good thing. Uh, nothing against, you know, American uh, independence and all of that. And, our you know, we're all out there like it's the Wild West. But we can get so much more done together, especially if you happen to be in that place where someone you love um, – No longer recognizes you or it can't communicate with you in the ways that are satisfying music can open that As well as opening you to the rest of your caregiving tribe who's also of course very interested in your in your well-being and and how it's going with your cared for and uh, Being able to connect as care partners is is much more than just sharing. How do we do this? Or how do we do that? It comes down to sharing our love, you know sharing what it's like to be in that place and music's a great place for that. You know, it's a, it's a safe laboratory where we can go and, and respond together to sound and rhythm that that evokes all of that for us. You know, maybe it makes us cry, maybe it makes us uh, afraid, but sharing that is so much better, as you were saying. You know, with, to be able to do that in partnership is, is so much better than going it alone. There's no need for loneliness when music is present.
0: Oh, I agree. I, you know, I liked when you mentioned about you know, you know, three emotions that none of us really want to deal with. But you know, I think part of it is all emotions are normal, and yet there is shame wrapped around. If you feel, you know, angry and frustrated, or you know, some of those negative ones, but everybody goes through those phases, and and we have to realize they are a phase. They they will flow through us. But a lot of times they can't flow through us if we don't recognize them if we're stuffing them I, you know to me anyways in my world if i if i stuff my emotions they kind of escalate inside and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. a little teeny tiny thing can make me explode you know and it was like well where'd that come from <laughs> it's like well it's coming right. from all this baggage that you're that you're kind of stashing inside trying to appear to be the perfect person and and none of us are, and so I think that's the beauty of music is it allows us to to feel other people's journeys and to realize we all have our own and that this, you know, all of this stuff is, is normal. And then, you know, that kind of creates that, that kindred spirit. You also talked about as a group, um, you know, coming together. I was just uh, with, a, with a group of friends last night. We had a, a friend who passed away and um had you know buried her done the celebration of life and and a group of us um, that were kind of we called ourselves team jamie um, all got together for dinner and it was a beautiful closure because everybody had their own stories you know some happy some sad um some not so pleasant but everybody got to know each other better through that honest conversation that was really yeah. You know, just just brilliant. And I think that's what music allows people to do in terms of getting us closer. And then last, I'd just like to comment that, <clears throat> you know, we used music with my mom. In fact, if you go to my YouTube channel, I have pictures of her um, with music therapists and musicians singing to her, where in her end stages, she just comes alive and is so joyful. And even when she couldn't use words, you could see the smile, the glint in her eyes, her hands and her toes going, her her body, you know, moving to the music. She could still connect with all of that. And on my worst days when I'm really struggling, where I go is to the YouTube channel to see my mom joyful. Very yeah. subtle, very little, very powerful. And it's just that beautiful. Makes me, yeah. It really, it really is. And so, you know, I think we have to be able to be present enough to connect and create those moments for ourselves and for others. And then, you know, if you're able to, you know, capture them in some type of format, so you can still go back and and literally physically see them if you can. Um, You know, my mom's been gone since 2014 and I still get great pleasure out of being able to see that. And for me, that is a sense of self care because it, it fills me back Absolutely, up. Yeah. yeah.
1: You know? And I, <clears throat> we need, we need those filling moments somewhere. I mean, like have a, a whole repertoire of them you can turn to at any moment is fabulous.
0: Yep. And I, and I don't think people see it as self care. I think they see it as preserving a moment or a memory of somebody, but we're not going deep enough to realizing the effect on us that those moments have. that it, You know, that when, when joy is created or a connection is made, I mean, it's, it's deeper than one person. It's broader than that. And, you know, it can change a whole room of people who don't even yes. know each other. There's this, you know, um, a ripple effect that we don't really see, but we can feel it if we're paying attention. Um, a, a lot
1: a lot of the work is which is ironic because of course we're talking about uh, dementia here but a lot of the work is raising awareness and I don't mean by you know making people think that music here is a thing what I mean is helping people to see how deeply the music they love is is connected to them and uh, that's a whole different kind of awareness you know than just knowing what the terms are and it I think comes alive so well if you're doing memory care. what well, was that film alive inside yeah and, and it's been documented like you did with your mom that this sound this rhythm this this stuff that we love that we call music is so deeply embedded in in our in our physiology that reminding us at a physiological level creates the response that you're that you saw with your mom right mm-hmm and um I mean, it's kind of like it, it's, again, a rhetorical question. But if music can do that, you know, why aren't we paying more attention?
0: <laughs> right? Well, exactly. Why aren't we giving prescriptions for music instead of, you know, pharmaceuticals that cost, you know, thousands of dollars?
1: And um, So I'm with and, you on that, yes. Good question.
0: And don't always have the, the outcomes. You know, I mean, if you give somebody a, a pill, and even if it helps, it helps that person, but it typically doesn't have a ripple effect. Music does though you know, so it's it's caring for you know everyone involved because it i mean it changes mood and physiology the the whole nine yards and when people can learn to care for themselves, you know it's easier for others to be around us too, <laughs> because a lot of times we don't even Just. know how we're how we're acting. And the same goes yes. for a person with dementia. When a when a person when we can get to that spot of realizing, when a person with dementia is joyful and comfortable, why don't we just take a deep breath and be in that space with them, instead of you know being busy to be busy, um, you know, and really again yeah. being present and appreciating that you know that builds on our relationships and it gets us I think focused on. What we all want, which is quality of life. And everyone's definition might be a little different, but it's important.
1: You've raised a real question that I think we could pay more attention to we, meaning all of us together, which is the difference between medication and other things that are available. Um, If you can evaluate this, just if you're listening, you can evaluate this on your own. Take into consideration things like the safety of the medication versus the safety of music and the effectiveness of the medication versus the effectiveness of music. Things like that are important. And if if you have any questions about those things, there's lots of information out there. The American Music Therapy Association website has a whole long page on what music is best to use. And um, it's, it's a fantastic resource. It doesn't say too much about things like safety and whatever, but it, it cautions people against turning up the volume too loud, of course. And then, helping to pick the right music is a big part of it because that the, the music that a given individual loves is their most powerful music. It might be different than yours, so um, all of these things come into consideration. But you know, if you were to compare, you know, music versus drugs, um, especially the ones that do things like um, boost your dopamine. Mm -hmm. I think you'd be really impressed, listeners, if you did this, at the effectiveness of music to do the kind of joy giving that a lot of those dopamine and SSRIs do, um, to do the kind of calming that we currently use drugs to, you know, medicate for ADHD and uh, music, at least in my mom's experience and in mine, has a great calming effect and focusing effect for people who are engaged in it so uh, there, it's it's really a great place for science to be looking at its alternatives right now in spite of the fact that you know the funding goes to the people with the best medicine uh we're not we're no longer in that place
0: you know, mm-hmm. music
1: is making a challenge to that and and music therapy for example was approved last year for autism spectrum disorder and that's huge and it took 20 years but you know, it, it, it's music, people. <laughs> you don't have to have a license to turn on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> At least well, in this country.
0: Well, the the other thing is when you were talking about side effects. Um, you know, a lot of times with a drug, it's either you know take it or or don't take it. I mean, there's not another option. There might be a couple, you know, that you can move within. But music. I mean, if there's a side effect, if something triggers someone to be sad or to be angry you have millions of songs to choose from and you know there's not there's not a huge cost difference there at all you know the accessibility can be pretty simple and you know there's been a lot of um of i think research done in terms of genres and being able to to access this stuff pretty simply and um and again and then if you work with a, a music therapist as a whole they're going to take it to a whole different level in terms of, of what, you know, us average Joes can do. But, you know, it, it, to me, it just doesn't make sense that we're not investing in some of these alternatives. And it, it, to me, it really brought it to light with the new Alzheimer's drug being approved. Um What is yes. it? Um, Adihelm at $56,000, you know, for the drug, yep. but then there's still the infusion. There's still, the PET scans and the different study things that are going to have to um, come into play with that, that aren't in that $56,000 and um, mm-hmm. you know, what's going to be covered. And you just think, Oh my gosh, I mean, what we could, I mean, just think of what you could do with just $56,000 period, <laughs> you know, let alone right. that, that being just for one person. Um, you know, that's the part that just kind of amazes me or when you, um, you know, Cohen did the the alive inside. You know, he was like, "Why aren't we writing prescriptions for iPads and um, right. iPods? You know, for people, this is you know, this is where we're at. We need this accessibility for people to um, to partake in." But I want to talk about um, you know, with music care, uh, you know, because people always think I think of therapy kind of as a one on one or it's group therapy. How do how do people how do people, you know, become part of this music care and how is it different from music therapy and, and you know, and in that, so how, how do they, how do they participate, I guess, would be the question.
1: Good question. So the, the main difference, Lori, is that music care is about giving your own self-care mm-hmm. and music therapy is about relying on a therapist to guide the experience. Of your therapeutic journey whatever it might be
0: hmm
1: and um, and that's that's amazing right because we need mm-hmm. experts who have the psychological background have the music background can can actually guide you in that way but music is so much a part of who we are I mean we're vibratory beings every cell in our body is vibrating and we respond so profoundly to external vibration, they call it entrainment, where you can actually bring a room full of people in a concert with you on a journey, on an emotional journey or mental journey. Um, That's just what we do as human beings. So being able to use that for yourself, um, for example, instead of randomizing your playlist, organize a playlist around a process or around a task. Um, That's how music care works, by taking you on an intentional journey instead of just allowing whatever random sounds to come your way. And you can actually guide your progress um, through that process, and whatever that process might be. It might be using music to to help you be compassionate. That's a great one. Uh, What music is your compassion music? And have you organized that in a way that helps you be at your most compassionate when you need to be? And then, of course, there's this marvelous thing that we talked about practice earlier, is that if you do practice listening to your compassion music, the moment that you need that compassion to kick in and deploy it in real life if you've done the practice your physiologic you're, you physiologically respond to the music that you remember the same way that you respond to music you hear so all all that you need to do it's like you know when a, when a piece comes on that, that triggers a memory care patient to remember things it the same effect happens when you internally remember your music you're you're physically ready to offer compassion, you know, your face softens and you're able to smile more easily. Um, your, your demeanor changes. You have the emotional, uh, awareness. You're starting to offer that connection to people who need that compassion from you to whom you need to be compassionate. You have the, the mindset of compassion comes in and you know that certain things you have to do and, and how to structure your speech in ways that are appropriate for that situation. And then the most beautiful thing of it all is when you do all of that, the people that tell me they can read faces say that all of that is the invitation to the connection with the person who for whom you want to have compassion. That spiritual thing we talked about earlier, all of that opens up too. And that's just from using music with a little bit of intention. So imagine what you could do, you know, with full understanding and, you know, just more than having a compassion playlist. What could you do if you had like, structured group playlist that help a group of people do this on a wider sort of sphere. So I, I spend a lot of my time teaching. I basically function as a teacher and help people to to get to this place where they have a deep appreciation for how music works and how to deploy that music skillfully in whatever the situation might be. And I I know music is always connected to things like exercise and relaxation, but um look at the work that hip hop has done with anger and fear i don't think we'd be as as peaceful as we are without rap and hip hop having given many people a way to skillfully um embody their anger and fear right and that's got to come out some way why stuff it pointed out you know stuffing it isn't great but if you can feel that and if it connects you to other people wow that's a skillful use of emotion So, um, because all this is happening all around us, even as you and I are speaking, people are getting this and using it, and and yet we can take it deeper. We can go to a deeper place with it all and, and use those big emotions, the ones we like to call negative emotions, we can use those as fuel for really great purposes. I mean, who hasn't been compassionate? Hopefully, everybody knows what that feels like, but compassion often is caused by something that makes us equally angry or scared you know that the the building falls down on the in Miami we're upset that people had to be hurt by that and we're also empathetic with people who've lost their family or friends so oftentimes all those big emotions are part of a given thing i mean it's it's tough to watch someone that you love um deal with memory issues and ultimately to pass away uh, that can make me very angry you know uh, it, when I was a kid it made me sort of curious with wonder and, and my powerlessness was obvious so uh, those are parts of it too and, and it all combines into music to be able to help us through those situations
0: I agree I agree um, wow it's it, I, I think it's just such a cool concept because I just think people don't think of music being able to assist them in that way and yet And yet I think everybody uses it without even knowing it, you know, you get in the car and you put on your, your favorite show and, you know, maybe it helps you um, just kind of decompress, you know, leaving work or, you know, getting away from your kids or whatever, whatever the situation might be. Um, But we don't even know that we're doing it. It's just something we've, we've always done. Um, And, and I think we've done it because it gives us comfort and we, we don't, consciously we haven't consciously recognized that it's just it's it's become habit in some ways but we don't we don't understand necessarily why and the benefits of why it's become habit
1: you know and, there was and, a time a long time ago where the church was the only place where music was used it was you know there, there wasn't any secular music i mean there was but the it was holy and it had this spiritual intent and if you experienced music you would experience it in a cathedral or a, you know some resonant space where every sound had a had a spiritual purpose and um, it was there to overwhelm you and open you to the to the other and um, you know well it hasn't been that long ago a few hundred maybe a thousand years the music has now become to this uh, much more secular and yet its effect is the same and it's not so much that it's the music it's we need to remember the effect that it really has for us and to to go deeply into that potential is is you know what's really available
0: mm-hmm yeah very 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 powerful now can can music care work along other sides uh, and other other modalities other types of, of therapies in and of themselves
1: I love this question. Thank you for asking it, Laurie, because it, yes, of course, music, I've found, is much more than the universal language. It's also sort of the universal complement. So if, if your family is you know deeply Christian, for example, music is going to work as well for you as if your family is deeply Jewish or deeply Muslim. Um, the, the belief uh, that surrounds whatever your culture is is compatible with music and perhaps it's music of your culture you know that is mostly um, what you would bring in and that's fine too but there it is right so music works alongside of, of religion they've found music working fantastically in the operating room so there's all of this physical uh, aspect to music too uh, patients i'm going to say it on music uh, tend to have uh, more successful and less painful surgeries than those who don't have music present Uh, so there's that physical side of it too and we all know of course how music can help us sustain heart rates and endurance and things like that Um, the the modalities of care that are out there in psychology are all very receptive to music Uh, EMDR as a matter of fact eye movement desensitization reprocessing which is a big thing with traumatized veterans and others experiencing trauma um, is all about doing this left-right stimulation of the brain. They call it bilateral stimulation. And it's not just eyes moving that can do that. Drummers have been doing that. Percussionists have been doing that for a long time. And anybody who plays a boat or plucked instrument is doing that. And so there's this this universal sense that music has been a part of the bilateral stimulation healing process for a long, long time now. Um, science is still understanding how that works. But uh, I know of psychologists, some have written books about singing their therapy with their sessions and, and improvising music with their patients um, as they sing. Great way into the, the subconscious, if you will. So it's compatible with the psychological stuff. And uh, let's see, what have we covered? Spiritual, psychological, psychological mental. Um, fantastic way of being able to reach in to the part of the brain that may appear to be locked up as we've all seen with Alive Inside and with your mom, Um, how music was able to get in there and create some communication and some awareness where before there was none. So, yes, music comes alongside so many of these modalities in such beautiful ways. Um, I happen to think that meditation with music is much better, for example, than without it, but that may just be me because the meditative state that people who do this tell me they reach is the same state that I'm in when I'm performing. Mm-hmm. And um, and that, and that's beautiful. Of course, when I'm performing, there's music. So um, it, it's just so compatible, this awareness of music, with so much of what's happening out there, you know, from talk therapy to surgery to, to dementia, dementia care um, to what we do in the world of worship and of spirituality. Um, <laughs> I love the sound of the sun, for example. So even the physicists are starting to recognize the sounds that exist in our universe. Have you heard the sound of the... A wind on Mars—you can hear that now. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, the investigation of sound in our world is something that is becoming uh, a beautiful and necessary thing too. Of course, everything vibrates, so it's got to be making some kind of a sound, right?
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah, really. That—that's for sure. Well, and uh, you know, like you mentioned, there is, uh, there are so many different connections there in terms of music. It's really an endless. Possibility in terms of how how it works together uh, with various modalities and stuff. I mean, people work out all the time with music, um, meditation. You know, a lot of times has that sound background, even if it's the the ocean waves or you know nature calls, whatever. Um, yeah. You know, just to put us in that in that space in time. Well, uh, what haven't we covered that was that our audience needs to know about music care. I just, I just think it's a, um, another brilliant, brilliant, um, service and, and concept that you're bringing to people, um, in, in building this awareness about what is available to them.
1: You know, I, I guess on an open ended question like that, the biggest thing right now is perhaps counterintuitive, for so many of us and and you hinted at it when you were talking about how emotions are sort of necessary components of keeping us safe and healthy and procreative and things like that and the biggest sort of obstacle right now that music care is facing is one of awareness um, which is why I spend a lot of time as an advocate people sort of get music and go yeah I use music that's fine and without the deeper understanding of the potential that exists in music it's easy to dismiss music care and that's totally fine. I get that. So the challenge that we have right now is finding evangelists who like yourself are willing to bring these concepts into their realm of influence, you know, into um, being a part of dimension map is wonderful, right? Because that offers <laughs> another perspective on what's available and finding those um those evangelists in any of the various different verticals that are out there from healthcare, which is big, to things like um, employees returning to work. The the human resources area right now is inundated with challenges that are all potential opportunities for music care, for people to bring their awareness of music into those opportunities and, and help resolve them. This worldwide shift between... Um, the sort of more patriarchal society and and the more matriarchal post-industrial post-information age kind of society that we want to see that's more compassionate and inclusive and diverse and all of that. um, That's a fantastic opportunity for our cultural awareness to be expanded through music. And there are um, amazing people are leading on all of these fronts of course, but I've got to find anyone who's really willing to go and lead with music care as a way to, um, to cross cultures, for example, or to, um, enhance treatments, you know, wh- whatever your lane happens to be, music care has an opportunity for you.
0: Hmm. Well, you know, and when you were talking about, um, enhancing other treatments, I mean, I'm even thinking like the dental office, you know, they have, a lot of them have the scenery and they're doing the music trying to keep people calm from the drill that's going to be happening <laughs> and stuff. Um, there, yep. there's, so many different levels. I really kind of think, though, that um, COVID has elevated um, people's awareness of what brings them comfort. You know, being isolated, I think people had time to kind of think deeper of, is this doing anything for me or not? And so, you know, I think timing-wise is, is really good in terms of bringing this forth because I, I just think there is, a lot more power and belief in calmness in this crazy world that we're living in right now. I mean, I don't care where you are in the world, everything seems to be um, erupting and kind of falling apart Um, from, from government to healthcare to education to how we work, how we interact. I mean, everything's kind of being just stripped away and needs to be put back together. And so I think people are much more open to alternatives than what they used to be. And I think that they also have um, experimented a lot more in that realm, um, be, you know, just from a sanity point you know, of, what, of I'm, I'm home alone. What's going to make me feel comfortable here? You know, what gives me a sense of calm in this kind of crazy world we're living in? I, I think a lot of people have gone through that. You've seen people kind of get back to basics and and um, people who have had very busy jobs and said, boy, I've really enjoyed being home with my family. I didn't realize how much mm-hmm. I missed them and how, how much I value this and how much I lost by not being here thinking that I needed to do it a different way. So I think timing-wise is really, really good right now um, for raising awareness. And I think uh, there's kind of a level of of consciousness and openness um, that is available that wasn't a couple of years ago. I, and I don't know if you feel that way or not.
1: I definitely agree with you about that. Um, I have, I have a podcast I co-host, and it's about authenticity and folks who are on sort of the, the leading edge of authenticity in the world. And I, yes, I do feel that um, we can see some amazing leaders, for example, in the, in the gender community um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: who are, able to offer us the compassion that they want, right? By leading by example, which allows us a way to be able to, um, to give that back to other people who are in the, in their gender process, right? We wouldn't have had that kind of awareness. I think without COVID it would have come, but you know, COVID has speeded that up. uh, There's a more of a worldwide awareness of what it means to be free, to have Liberty in the world. Um, there's, of course, great questions about who's got our best interest at heart, but uh, music is non-political and it doesn't take anything to join together in singing some piece of music that uh, inspires everyone around you. Uh, obviously, patriotic music is sort of fraught right now, but church music seems to be a great way for people to gather around. And, of course, we've seen all these amazing multi-voice videos that have been, been produced during COVID, too, folks singing all kinds of songs together, and uh, that that's wonderful. I mean, it, it it is completely unifying to sing with someone else. You cannot avoid the connection that happens, right? Even if you don't sing, like singing isn't my thing, but I love to go to sing-alongs and to watch one happen or to participate in one is a fantastic way of coming to ground, of of being able to join with other people in solidarity around just being together as human beings, and, and we need that. And yes, so thank you, COVID. <laughs> so we have that awareness, at least I would say the majority of people probably do. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening to this and you're in a country or a, a particular region that's still dealing with COVID in such a in, in a devastating way, I'm thinking of the people in India right now. Wow. I mean, put some music on, sing that or listen to that or chant to that or whatever it is to just bring you back to a place where you can be, be fully human as all of us are, which is both beautiful and broken at the same time. It's, you know, it's our brokenness that creates our, our differences, but those differences are the beauty that we each have. And, um, we can celebrate the fact that we are all in this together as both beautiful and unique individuals at this time. And, and that, at some point or another, all of us are going to exit the world. And um, hopefully we can do that also with the same kind of beauty that we're bringing to it now, even though there's so much tragedy has taken so many people from us over the last couple of years.
0: Very true. Very, very true. Um, I know one thing that people are probably wondering um, to like have a session with you to learn more about this. Um, what is, do you have a, some kind of fee schedule, or um, how, how do you work with people on this?
1: I'm, I'm fairly accessible, Lori. The best mm-hmm. way to sort of begin that process would be to hop on the landing page for the quest. So uh, I teach all of this with an online quest that you can go through on your own, or you can go through as a, with a mentor, or you can go through one-on-one um, All it's cost-dependent. But that page where you can also find how how to talk with me for free, there's links you can get on my calendar from there, is quest.musiccare.net. And um, use the free links to book some time and we can talk about it or ask questions. There's a way to email from there. It's great to have a single place to go, you know, and just a good starting point for everybody. So quest.musiccare.net. And then um, I like to be really accessible, so I don't often do this, but I'll be happy to share a telephone number if anybody wants to contact me. Grab a pencil and I can give that to you. Oh,
0: it's great. It's
1: 800 785 8596. So uh, reach me direct, 800 785
0: 8596. Wonderful. And then for email, would it just be um, bill at quest.musiccare.net? Or do you prefer that they go through? Is there, I don't know, maybe you have an email form on your website?
1: There's a contact form on the website, but you can also text me at that 800 number. So, um, I, you know, email can be sort of cumbersome these days. So, if you want to write a long email, please do use the contact form at quest.musiccare.net or text me, 800 785 8596. I respond pretty promptly.
0: Wonderful. Well, Bill, thank you for all you're doing to make our world a better place. I, I appreciate your passion um, and I will do everything I can to uh, to lift uh, music care up. And um, I appreciate so much that you are part of uh, Dementia Map as well. And I highly recommend people go to the website. Again, that's quest.musiccare.net. And um, reach out to Bill, um, as you know, just from our conversation. He's a fantastic guy, and I know you'll have an interesting conversation. So, again, Bill, thank you for your time today.
1: Thank you, Lori. So so great to have this chat. Thank you.
0: Wonderful. For those of you listening, um, Alzheimer's Speaks has all kinds of uh, different resources. You can find those at alzheimerspeaks.com. Hopefully in the next month or so, we will be launching our new website. So be looking for that. I can't wait for that to come to life. It's um, going to be much easier and I think a more vibrant, easier site to maneuver as well. So take care and we will talk to you next week, everyone. God bless. Bye-bye.
1: It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sylvester, here, host of Retire Repurposed.